Bible says you're going to eat its fruit. So if you're speaking words of life, you're going to eat the, the fruit of life. Like the tree of life. You're going to eat good. But if you're speaking words of death, you're killing the tree. from barrenness to fruitfulness. I want you to keep that graphic up for a bit, if you would, please. I want to tell you a little bit about this story. There's a little story that's behind this graphic, and we're going to move right on into this message this morning. How many of you know that God speaks to us through his, his nature, through his creation, all the time? God speaks to us through creation all the time. My husband and I were on a walk um, a couple of weeks ago, and as we were on this walk, um, you know, God was speaking, and he's, as he always does. And, and I walk by, and I see this pile of dried, withered branches. They were just in a pile in the dirt, the branches that you see there in the back of that uh, picture there. And as I saw this pile of broken, dried, withered branches, I hear of the Lord, because I was walking by, and as I walked by and the Lord says, he said exactly that phrase, from barrenness to fruitfulness. And so I stopped and I went right back to that pile of dead branches. And I said, yes, Lord, I hear you. God is speaking. And he said, from barrenness to fruitfulness. He's saying our lives are going from that which seems barren to fruitfulness. He said, and so as he said that phrase, I knew that I knew that I knew that in my spirit, man, that God was speaking and he wanted to say something else. And so he said, Lord, I said, Lord, if you said from barrenness to fruitfulness, then show me a fruitful tree. Where's the fruitful tree? Because I, I know what you're doing. And so we were, you know, we were walking and I, I didn't find a fruitful tree in that area, but I went home. And I went right to my backyard. How many of you know sometimes you just need to go into your own backyard? And there is a tree that just so happens to have been planted by one of my children. And in faith, God is speaking things that you would not even know about. But I looked up and for the very first time in the whole life of this tree, I think it's about five years old, there is fruit on that tree. Somebody give God the glory. And I said, thank you, Jesus. There's my fruitfulness. There's the fruitfulness. There is the fruitfulness. There is fruitfulness coming from your barrenness, says the Lord. There is fruitfulness coming from your barrenness. I don't care what it looks like today. I don't care what it looks like yesterday. There is fruitfulness coming from your barrenness. And so we've got that scripture that's right on there, and it says Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Isn't that right? So I want you to turn your Bibles to Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by waters, which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. He says in his word, but its leaf will be green. Say, my leaves are green. And he says, they will not be anxious in the 
year of drought will not be anxious, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. This is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord has spoken. For those that have ears to hear and eyes to see and a spirit to receive, you will receive the fullness of what God is saying in and through this verse. Blessed is the man. Say, I am blessed because I trust in the Lord. This is what the word says. Blessed is the man who trusts not in the barren season and not even in the fruitfulness season, but who trusts in the Lord. You're going to trust in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You're going to trust in the Lord, the one that already knows the end from the beginning. You're going to trust in the Lord, the one that has created you, has fashioned and formed you and called you by his name. You're going to trust in the Lord. And so he says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. You've got a hope uh, when it seems hopeless. Uh, you've got a hope uh, even when it looks barren. You've got a hope uh, even when it looks empty, when it looks dried, when it looks like it's nothing, it's nothing but to be burned. What is it branches that are all withered useful for but to be burned, to be thrown into the fire, uselessness? You have a dried up branch, right? You burn it. It's good for fire. It's good for fire, but not the kind of fire we're talking about. It's going to warm you up, but it's over. It's over. And we're talking about the fire we re receive here is the fire that continues to fill us up. This one's a different kind of fire, isn't it? So the branches that are withered and dried up, all they're really good for is to be put in the fire to cause a temporary pleasantness, a temporary warming of your body, a temporary... You were not called by God to live in a place of temporary blessing. You might go, oh, but that's good. You could put it in the fire and it's good for firewood. It is not, your life was not called for a moment of blessing. Blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. That blessing is a continual blessing that says, I, you know, it may seem barren right now and it may seem like everything is dried up and shriveled up and looking like it's not very good. But God, I trust that my maker says that when you trust in me, you will walk in the fruitfulness. And as a matter of fact, it says right here, those who hope in the Lord, you're going to be like a tree planted by waters, which spread its root by the river. A tree that's planted by waters is going to receive the water and the nourishment from that river that it's right planted right next to, correct? And so because of that, we know that we are planted in the heart of God when we keep our lives connected and abiding in him. We're going to abide in Christ. And as we abide in Christ, the word of the Lord is very clear. It says, spreading out its roots by the river, you're not going to fear when heat comes. Even today, I want you to say, you know what, I'm not, I choose to not fear when heat comes. Today, I choose to not fear when the heat comes. And you all know what kind of heat I'm talking about. You, you all know that I'm talking about the enemy that tries to come to come against you, the, the one that deceives you, the one that wants to kill, steal, and destroy, the one that wants to rob from your life or your family or your children's children or your dream or that which God has designed for you to do, your hope. But I'll tell you, those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, they will receive and you will not be disappointed, Right? And so it's really important that you, you encourage yourself in the Lord, even in what we're saying here today, because the word of the Lord says that when fear, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. 
your leaf in your life, your leaves, your, the fruit, it's going to be green. And you're not going to be anxious in the year of drought, nor will you cease from yielding fruit. Now let's turn our Bibles to John 15. Because the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And by the way, lack of knowledge is referring to knowledge of his word. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. That lack of knowledge is not understanding the fullness of his word. People perish. But that's not going to be you. Say, so that's not going to be me. Even as you're turning there, that's not going to be me. I want you to say, it's John 15. John 15. But I want you to say, you know, that I, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. And you're going to fight the good fight of faith. If you want to know where that's at, it's, it's 1 Timothy 6.12. I will contend earnestly for the faith. So you're going to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to contend earnestly for the faith. Why do you got to contend? Why do you got to fight? Why do you got to fight and why do you have to contend for something that God says, I am pleased when you walk in faith? As a matter of fact, it blesses me. It, it honors me. And anything that's not of faith is sin. You cannot please God without faith, right? But you, you got to contend for it, and you got to fight for it. Say, I got to contend for the faith, and I got to fight for that faith. Because the enemy is always trying to rob you from which God is trying to bless you from and with and through. Amen? We're in John 15, and I'm going to start reading in verse 1, but I am reading from the Amplified Version this morning. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me... That does not bear fruit, which means that stops bearing fruit. Church of God, you will not stop bearing fruit. I want you to say it over your lives. I will not stop bearing fruit. It says any branch in me, in Jesus, any branch in me that does not bear fruit or that stops bearing fruit, he cuts. He cuts away. He trims it off. He takes it away. And he cleanses it. And he, and he repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. Why do you get so upset when you know that God is pruning you? He is pruning you to make you more fruitful. A tree that is left unpruned is in a, a wild, undisciplined tree that eventually will bear no fruit because it's out of control. Have you ever seen a tree that no one ever trimmed and they were supposed to be bearing fruit, but the tree is sprawl, it's just all sprawled out and there's absolutely no fruit coming from that tree? Someone didn't want to tend to the tree. They didn't want to cut the tree. They didn't feel the need to cut it. If you don't feel the need to allow in good standing, letting God do what he wants to do, then you're going to limit the fruit that God wants to do through you. Right? So we're talking about branches today. We're talking about from from barrenness to fruitfulness. Everybody wants to be fruitful, but they just don't all want to go to the process that it takes to become fruitful. If we're going to become fruitful, we're going to let God cut the branches. We're going to let God prune. We're going to let God remove that which is not bringing him glory in our lives so that what is left is that which is beautiful and pure, that which is lovely, that which is admirable, that which gives him glory, that which we could say, Father, because I'm a vessel that you live in, because I house the spirit of the living God. Literally, you are a house for his glory. We all know that. Yes? We are a house, like our bodies are literally a house where he dwells. God lives in us. If you're a believer, God lives in you. So 
He wants us to be people that say, Lord, because you're right here. You're not somewhere, you know, God is everywhere, but he lives on the inside of you and he is saying unto you today, when I am pruning you, let me. And don't just say, I let you. Say, Jesus, I give it all. I give it all to Jesus. All to Jesus. Surrendering it all. Holding nothing back. Instead of the pruning is like a fight. Don't let the pruning be like a fight, an argument, a complaining session. Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. Who said you were supposed to understand in the first place? Who said you needed God's permission and God needed your permission, I should say? Who said? Who said you needed to understand everything God was doing? He's only asking you one thing. Blessed is the man who does what? Trusts. trusts when we trust God because he lives on the inside of us when we trust God because we know that we are a habitation for him and it's sometimes it is a little scary but it's okay because you know that he will never leave you he'll never forsake you he's with you at all times when you trust that ever present person of the spirit of the living God you know he's doing something good in my life and what I see that seems to be barren today will turn to fruitfulness because his word promises it let's go back verse 3 you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word of which I have given you which means the teachings that I have discussed with you then in verse 4 it says dwell in me he wants you to dwell He's dwelling on the inside of you, but he wants you to dwell with him. He wants you to have a focused attention and be attentive to the spirit of God that is literally residing on the inside of you. He says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you, which means live in me and I will live in you. Then it says, let no branch, just, just, just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding or being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So if you're wondering, or if your question today is, I don't really see a whole lot of fruit, then the, the real question is, are you really consistently abiding? The key is consistently. Are you consistently abiding? The more that you consistently abide, the more fruit you will see. It's like having a plant, and you, you decide, and it's in the heat of summer, and this plant needs water, it's not a cactus, and you decide that you're going to water that plant maybe once every two or three weeks because it's when you remember and you think that that plant is going to grow and flourish and be all that it was designed to. That plant has a design. The master designer designed that plant creatively. But unless you literally apply what is necessary for that plant to grow into its original intent, unless you consistently do that, it's not going to get there. Don't you know that our lives are the same? But God wants so much more for you. He wants more for all of us. But he says, I want you to abide in the vine. I want you to abide in this vine, and I want you to abide consistently. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter what you feel, no matter what your kids come home and tell you, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what your finances say, no matter what your health says, we are a church that believes in the fivefold ministry, and we believe in the working of the Spirit of the living God, salvation, deliverance of demons, healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of the soul, all of it, all of it, because Jesus is very clear in his word that it is all for today. It's all for today, right? But we have to be people that are so yielded to, Lord, 
whatever you have for me. I yield my life to you, not just when I remember to pray that prayer, but it's already said and done in my heart. It's a said, done deal. It has to be a said, done deal. In other words, it's not something that you're still trying to achieve. It's something that you walk in. We get to walk in this type of love with Jesus. And it's powerful. And so when you do that, you realize that, you know what, you're consistently allowing this, this life of ours to be watered by him because we're abiding in him. So live in me, middle of verse 4. Remember, I'm reading the amplified version. If you're wondering, why does she have so many extra words? <laughs> live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in or being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Verse 6, if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch that withers. What did I say those branches were like? They were withered. They were withered. Read verse 6 with me. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. That's not going to be you. That is not your life. That is not why Jesus came, that to, to set you free. He didn't come in to set you free so that you can just walk in less than. He says, he said, I, I've come to set you free so that you, you can walk in the fullness of everything that I have for you. Powerful. I want to go right back to verse 1 of, of chapter 15. Right back to verse 1. Because we already read about what happens with the withered branch. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit stops bearing fruit. He cuts away, he trims, he cleanses, he repeatedly prunes. And so that it will bear more fruit. This version says excellent fruit. You can bear fruit, but that fruit might be rotten. Right? Like, well, I'm bearing all this fruit, but your tree has a disease. Because you still didn't tend to it. And you allowed something that came in from the, a, a different direction and you were unaware. Maybe it was murmuring. Maybe it was gossip, right? Maybe it was jealousy. I don't know. Only you know. But that tainted your tree, poisoned it. So you started to see fruit. But the fruit was diseased. Church of God, the Bible doesn't go and give us these analogies just because. I've told you before that everything is very strategic in the Word. He gives us these analogies because he wants us to relate to them in our own lives. So anything, a disease is something of the heart. That which would produce death with our mouths. The Bible says that we are to be careful that which we speak because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So it's important what we put in our heart. We got to make sure that our hearts are dwelling on that which is good and pleasant and lovely and admirable. You know, we, we, we must do this and this is our job because God wants so much more for us. He wants us to live in that abundance, in that abundance. So Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We all know that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We got that. We got that. We, I think we all even have revelation of that, right? But how about that second part of that verse? Those who love it. Those who love it. Love what? 
the words that are being spoken of either death or life. So if you're speaking words of life, you're going to eat the, the fruit of life. Like the tree of life. You're going to eat good. But if you're speaking words of death, you're killing the tree. Your life is like a tree. Your life is that, you know, that branch that's a, it's attached to the vine, right? Then, then what's coming out, if, if death is coming out, you're going to eat that fruit too. And people wonder why they're sick all the time, but they're, they're cursing themselves. They wonder whether their children are rebelling because they call them rebellious. You're literally calling it forth. The Bible says that we are to call those things that are not as though they were right now. They are today. It takes faith to do it. It takes faith to see something that's barren and say, oh, no, that's fruitful. That's fruitful. Do you know that the world thinks you're crazy? But it's a good thing. There's a part of the story that I didn't tell you because it fits better now. Back to when my husband and I were taking a walk. So we're taking this walk, and I see this pile of branches all withered and everything, and I take, and the Lord speaks to me from barrenness to fruitfulness, and I take the picture. So I'm like, Lord, show me a fruitful tree. I, I, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, show me a fruitful tree. I got my phone, and I'm walking, and I'm looking like this. We both are. And we're just like looking. There's all these trees. They're beautiful. But I don't see any fruit on them. I'm looking for that right spot. I'm looking at different angles. And don't see any that fits appropriately. But as we're doing this, this guy walks by. He too was taking a walk. And because we're so intently looking up in these trees, he says, he starts looking in the trees too. He's all looking in the tree. And then he finally looks at us and he goes, am I missing something? And I just go into this automatic mode. I go, oh. I said, no, no. I said, you see that, that pile of branches over there? Those withered up, withered branches that are dead? He goes, yeah. I go, well, I was walking by those, those branches, and I literally hear the Lord say to me, from barrenness to fruitfulness. So now I'm looking for a fruitful tree. The guy just looked at me like I was some weirdo, whacked out, like, what planet did she come from? And he's like, he's like with his dog, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I am crazy for Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> but we just laughed. We thought that was funny. Because, you know, as we're walking by, he, he walks, he leaves, and we're going forward, right? And I'm thinking about this man, and he's like, am I missing something? Am I missing something? And, I, and all I can hear is, dear God in heaven, yes, you're missing something. You're missing everything. You're missing Jesus. You're mi That's all I could think of. I'm like, Lord, show him. He's missing everything. Not just missing the fruit that wasn't even there. He's missing the whole thing. <laughs> My husband likes to tell this story. He just loves to tell this story. As I told our, like all our kids, he's told people already this story. Can we not make the point about the guy that says that we missing something? Can we emphasize the point that really was supposed to be emphasized? I hope you all got it. From barrenness to fruitfulness. It's from barrenness to... God wants your life to go from that which is dead, that which is nothing, or seems like nothing. It's always something to God's fruitfulness. I want to go to, I want to, go to Hebrews 11, 11. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, because of faith, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child. It says, even when she was long past the age for it, 
She conceived even when it seemed too late, when in our natural minds it seemed too long, too much time had gone by. But she received from the Lord because she was what? Faithful. She was faithful. She was faithful in what? She was faithful in the word of God. She was faithful to stand firm on the truth. She was faithful to say, Lord, you said it, and so I'm standing on that word. Lord, you said that all of my children will be taught of the Lord, and I'm standing on that truth. Lord, you said, I don't care how long. It doesn't matter that it's still in coming. It's come. Lord, you already said it. So even though it seems like a long time in coming, and it was, Sarah was very old, but yet she says, I judge you faithful, God, because you already said it. So because of faith, it says, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age. Because of faith, you will receive not just physical power, mental ability, healing in those in your relationship. Because of faith, God says, "I've already done. I've already done it for you. I, I said, I already have it finished. The end from the beginning. Because I see the end from the beginning, right? So, because of faith, she received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age, because she considered God, who had given her the promise." to be reliable and trustworthy, and in the other version it says faithful, to be true to his word. Again, God has made some promises in your life as well. He's, he's made promises in all of our lives. He's made promises that, that your children are like, you know, just olive branches all around your table. They're going to rise up and they're going to call you blessed. So maybe they're not doing that t today. They will. They will to those that say, Father, you said it in your word. And I'm not going to move from the place of confidence in the eternal word of God that never changes. And so from barrenness to fruitfulness, you know, every single one of you have a story. But I'm here to tell you, as I was on that walk with my husband and I heard that phrase, and I knew it wasn't just for me. I knew this phrase is for all of us. I want you to take heart. I want you to have hope. I want you to know that God really, he is in it and he sees it and he's going to see it to the end. How many of you really believe it right now? Like right now, how many are you going to receive it right now and say, Lord, I've been contending for something. Some of you have been contending for something that you have never, ever, ever spoken it from your lips to an individual, but God knows it. God knows that very thing. He knows the secrets that are in our heart. So right now, Father, you know these things that they have been contending for, Father. And for some, they've never even spoken it to an individual, but you know it full well. Lord, I thank you right now from barrenness to fruitfulness, Lord God. You're causing them to be a fruitful vine. You're causing them, just like Joseph in the Old Testament, Lord God, a fruitful vine, a branch that just goes over the wall. Fruitful. Fruitful is his name. Fruitful is who we are in Christ. We're, we are decreeing that we have good fruit, not just any kind of fruit, but good fruit. That fruit that comes from abiding. That fruit that comes from abiding in the vine. We don't need to see it before we believe it because we see it on the inside with the eyes of faith. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord God. You call us blessed. Lord, I thank you. You said to continue. Lord, we contend. We continue to stand firm. You said to fight the good fight of faith. So we're going to fight that good fight of faith. And with that, we say when the enemy tries to come against us, Lord, we rebuke that demonic assignment and say, uh-uh, no, not on my watch. You're under my feet, devil. Out of here, devil. You're fired in Jesus' name. You are not to come against a child of the Most High God that knows their rights in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.